Good morning, coaches. This is your wake-up call. Today's Monday, October 3rd, and here are three things you need to know for the week. Number one, quarter force sneak peek is today. So today on Beachbody On Demand, all BUD members get a 24-hour sneak peek of the brand-new mixed martial arts-inspired fitness program, Quarter Force, from our new super trainers, Joel Freeman and Jericho McMatthews. So you also have a chance to join the sweepstakes uh, for a chance to win a base kit and $1,500. This is the FAQ for that. It's 5283. Uh, number two things that you need to know is the October Challenge Pack. So as you know, most of our Challenge Packs are already on, on sale for the final month. Um, so take advantage. Make sure your customers know that every Challenge Pack includes a free month-long club membership. That means you get expert advice, online tools to keep you on track, and a free 30-day trial to Beachbody On Demand so you can stream workouts anytime, anywhere. And finally, number three is this month's October Success Club prize. If you hit Success Club 5 or 10, you'll earn a personal development webcast by Eric Qualman. He is a one of the top digital influencers and Pulitzer Prize nominee. He's referred to as a digital Dale Carnegie and the Tony Robbins of tech. If you've read his book, it's an Amazon bestseller, Social Nomics, and this is my favorite, What Happens in Vegas Stays on YouTube. So check it out. This guy is totally great. His name is Eric Qualman, and we've got an FAQ on that. It's 1687. So that's it. Those are the three things you need to know. So now let me introduce our host for the call. And here he is, President of Global Sales, Jeff Hill. Sandy, it's like they don't know who's going to do it. I mean, it's like you got, I know every week you have to kind of rejuvenate that enthusiasm. For everybody that's on this call that attended Summit, Sandy said, you know, Jeff, maybe we should just use the puppet instead of you. And I, <laughs> and well, I thought, you know, Jeff, sometimes your energy is just a little low. So I wanted to, you know, get your energy up for today. Well, it got my dander up. It kind of ticked me off, but then it made me think, really? Is he more riveting than me? Anyway, so I've got a high bar to uh, to to hurdle today, and I, I want you to know right now I feel sorry for all those Southern Californians who are just, I mean, trying to <laughs> just suffer through the 74-degree fall, you big whannies. I don't know if that's a real word, but you know what, it came to mind. But anyway, coaches, it is October 3rd. It is the the first Monday in October, and I, you know I'm I am actually looking out my window right now. I'm in Utah, a beautiful fall, mountains, blue sky, colors in the hills. Fall fall is here, and there's a trace of snow, which is a little frightening. But um, you know what? It, it's also Oh, whatever. Hey, but it is that time. It is that time of year when uh, it's, I think it's just a great time to kind of, you know, get to refocus, uh, to re-energize, so to speak, and, you know, to get serious about a lot of things. And our call today, I think, is going to be just, I'll, I'll use the word riveting. Uh, Michelle Myers is our guest uh, speaker, as you know, and, and this woman knows how to bring it. But before we get to Michelle. Uh, I want to toss, toss a few minutes over to Darren Ashby to recognize those who've advanced their business and been working hard this past week. So, Darren, let me toss it over to you. 
Good morning, Jeff, and good morning, coaches. All right, well, here we are again with this week's advancements, starting with our newest Star Diamond coaches. Congratulations to Sarah Bria, Colleen Higgins, Susan Keshen, from Canada and in a secondary CBC, Trevor Kutcheran, Amalia Lithia, or Lilliton, Tanya Locke, Dana Laverde, and Stephanie Mialki. New two-star diamonds this week, and in a secondary CBC, starting off with Miranda Asmussen, Christina Beasley, Catherine Cushion from Canada, Trina Dingman, Margot Driver, Natalie Johnson, Jennifer T. Johnson, Cassie Landhauser, Audrey Miller, Lauren Mudd from Canada, Dina Nickelfork, Sean Roth, Diane Schubert, Zachary Smith, Gina Marie Villanueva, and Janet Wiggins. Our newest three-star diamond this week, congratulations, goes to Jamie Hunt. And, coaches, we have two new four-star diamonds, both from Canada, Amber Edwards and Cindy Tremblay. And our newest six-star diamond coach this week, congratulations, Brooke Dorsett. And we have a new seven-star diamond coach. Congratulations, Amber Kuyper. And, coaches... Not done. We have an eight-star diamond coach this week in a secondary CBC. Congratulations goes to Melissa McAllister. All right. Now on to the daily Beachbody Challenge winners for September 19th through the 25th. Each of these coaches won $500. Congratulations to Christopher Lutzik, Tiffany Briggs, J.J. Long, Jeanette Lechance, Walter Norman, Fiona Angori, and Ryan Solano. And our top success club point earners for the week, Jolie McLeod, Raina O'Dell, Angie Bellamar, Barbara Hicks, and Evie Morales. All right, coaches, that's it for today. Congratulations to everyone on the call, and it wouldn't be the same if I didn't say, don't ever forget, say it with me, to make it a fantastic week. <laughs> Back to you, Jeff. Thanks, Andy. Thank you, Darren. As always, that soothing voice just does something to me, and I'll leave, I'll leave it right there. Well, coaches, I shared a moment ago that we have uh, none other than Michelle Myers on the, on the call with us this morning. And this, I like to call her the magnificent and marvelous Michelle Myers. Those M's just seem to ring so well together. Uh, she is a 2015 elite coach, four-time elite coach now, so you can see consistency in that business. She's been with us for almost eight years. That seems so long, yet it goes so fast. Uh, she is a consistent success club uh, achiever, uh, just that consistency in her business. She's an executive leader on the leadership ladder. Uh, she does so many things well. One thing she has done particularly well in the last six weeks is she gave birth to her third and her favorite daughter, Shay. She's the mom of two boys and then Shay. And uh, that's keeping her busy right now, but she, we also asked her to jump on this call and share some, uh, some of her insights into this business. So the magnificent and marvelous Michelle, are you there? <laughs> I'm here, Jeff. How are you? I'm fantastic, as a matter of fact, and I'm trying to I'm trying to up the, my puppet status. So you got to work with me on this, okay? If I start, I to, have if never I start complained on, about your energy. Okay, good. Well, I appreciate that. That's why I call you magnificent and marvelous. 
Well, so listen, Michelle, we're going to get into this call, and, and just so everybody knows, I'm going to set a little context before we jump in. But Michelle and I were talking a week and a half, a couple of weeks ago, and we were just talking about the business, and we were talking about a little bit about energy in the business and the discipline and creating momentum and ownership um, of the business. And as everybody on this call knows, this is an entrepreneurial uh, business. It's one where ownership and accountability are some disciplines and characteristics and attributes that those who have been successful have really uh, embraced. And the, the cool thing about it is that you, you can develop those skill sets as well. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. So I'm excited to jump in there. But before we get there, uh, we always like to say, so, over eight years ago, how did you come to be a coach, Michelle? You know, my husband and I, we were pursuing our master's degrees, and so obviously we were rolling in dough. Um, not really. We, we were both working two jobs, and so when I found out about the Beachbody opportunity and I came to my husband and I told him I thought it was a great idea, he was like, yes, you need a third job. That would be fantastic. Um, but not really. He was kind of a – he called himself a realist. He was a little bit of a pessimist. Um, but – I saw an opportunity, and more than anything, I just believed in the product because I've used it myself. And I came from a history of anorexia. I know we have a lot of coaches that have incredible weight loss stories with Beachbody. I have a weight gain story with Beachbody, but I needed to gain that weight. And I knew that there were other women that were out there that were like me that hadn't ever really been healthy. They had been skinny before and maybe they had looked to the inside of their pants size or what the scale said to define their worth and I wanted to help them to get healthy from the inside out and so I decided to go all in with my business finally it took me a little while I was a slow starter but when I went all in it was really just because I had a dream one day that I might be able to stay home with our kids we didn't have any children when I signed up to become a coach, and now we have three. Um, and I'm so grateful that I got counsel at the very beginning of my journey to crush the business as much as I could and to understand and to just dive in as deep as I could so that I could provide for my future family. And that's where we are today, and I'm still so grateful. Um, so a great you know, kind of great story. I'm going, no kids, and she becomes a Shakeology or a, a beach body coach, and she has three kids. Um, for everybody out there, careful. Um, if you're <laughs> careful. I don't know if that's the takeaway or not, but productivity is key, right? So, but let's, okay. let's talk about how you really did start to get um, more productive. You talked about diving in, taking it serious, putting it out there. Um, was there a point, as you look back, you know, some eight, seven years ago, where it started to get more traction, and what caused that? Yeah, so I signed up to become a coach in December of 2008, but I started my business in January of 2010. So I want to encourage you, if you're on this call, and maybe you've been a coach for a while, and you've signed up, but you haven't really started, I want you to know it took me over a year to start, and it's never too late to start. You can have a sign-up date and you can have a start date. Some people are going to be the same. Others are going to be different. And mine was different. And what I noticed is what I was doing with my business is I was being reactive. And so for over a year, I would talk to people when they would ask me questions. Because I would talk about it and, 
if it naturally came up in conversation. But I was not being the initiator of those conversations. I wasn't being proactive. So, for example, I was waiting on somebody to ask me about health and fitness before I started that conversation. And so instead of just showing up when I felt like it, I continued to show up even if I wasn't passionate in that moment because there's a lot of activities in this business. We talk all the time about those three vital behaviors. And when you look at those three vital behaviors, they don't necessarily look that exciting. It's really hard to be passionate about follow-ups and diving into your email inbox. But what I found is that when I was willing to do those tasks that really honestly don't require a ton of talent, they just require discipline, that discipline would be my catalyst for passion to show up. Because while I may not be excited to do my follow-ups and dig into my email inbox, those would inevitably lead me to a conversation with a real person that had a real need that just by listening to them, I realized that I could meet. And so it was just using, using that catalyst of discipline to ignite my passion and then keeping that same commitment every single day, just wanting to help somebody, not really expecting anything in return, and repeating that same activity over and over and over again. And that's why I continue to show up every single day, and it's why I feel like my business is more than a business. It's a purpose. Yeah, so, it, you know, there's there's a lot there to, to digest and a lot of mindset and a, and a lot of discipline. Let me, Can I just maybe jump in and ask you some questions about what your experience has been and what you've learned about the business and why people succeed and why you see some not succeed. Is that okay? Sure. I'm going to put you on the spot here. So, you know, it, it's, a lot of times, um, you know, as I look at, at coaches, everybody's got a reason, you know, I, I guess maybe the word's excuse. And, and mm. sometimes people will kind of go, hmm, you know what, here's a reason why I can't do that. Here's an excuse for, for not doing that. Why do you think people – fall back on excuses? Well, I think excuses are our way of trying to justify our fear. Whether it's a fear of failure or a fear of somebody knowing that we were going to do something and then we didn't do it, whatever it is, um, we have to develop a new habit. I mean, growth always requires us to do something that we've never done before. And so whether that is growing a business or doing a fitness program that from start to finish when we've never been consistent in working out, it's hard and it's uncomfortable. You know, it's not just signing up to sell something. It's signing up to do something and to show up daily. And that requires consistency. And we're never going to be perfect, but if we will just refuse to let Fear take over. Nothing, nothing good comes from fear. And so if we'll refuse to let that happen, I feel like that's probably the first step to, to beating that excuse. Well, so I'm still kind of stuck on something you said at the very beginning um, because I think it set the context for everything else you said. But, but when I asked the question, why do you think people fall back on excuses? And you said because it justifies their you know, their fears or, or it actually, you know, kind of creates the conditions they're trying to avoid. And I think that is such a, 
a key takeaway and a moment of truth for people, if you will, when you start to put out an excuse, why? You know, why is that excuse? And is it something, like you say, that you're just afraid of? And so you make that up and it's not real. So, so I think that's just one of those great moments. So let me ask you, though, as you look at those excuses, um, I, I, I have a tough time using that word, cause I, but I think <laughs> But I just, I just do because I have them all the time, but I don't like it. Maybe it's my fear, right? But how do you bust excuses? How do you bust those fears? I think it's a belief issue. You know, we have to choose to believe that what we're working for is worth that risk. And so if we find ourselves continually making those excuses, I think we have to reach inside of ourselves and find something that we would never give up on. Because if you... If you let your why be weak, then an excuse is going to be able to overpower it. But fear and faith can't exist in the same heart. One's always going to overpower the other one. And so if we'll clean Say that again. We believe, Say that one more fear, time because it was good and I missed it. Fear and faith can't exist in the same heart. One's always going to overpower the other. And Got so it. if we choose to believe in something deeper that we would never give up on, then our excuses don't stand a chance. That was profound. Um, and no, I mean, it's just good. I, I mean, it's, it, it's really true. And I mean, we, you know, we talk a lot about the why. And if you have a weak why or a white or a, or a weak reason, we do tend to kind of go, it, it doesn't mean enough to push through the resistance. It doesn't mean enough to put the effort out to overcome that. So like you say, fear is greater than the other, than the other part. So, as you look at momentum in a business, let me just maybe switch a little bit. What do you think is the main way to keep consistency and, and momentum in your business? Because we all have ups and downs. We all have life that kind of gets introduced to us, sometimes voluntarily, sometimes involuntarily, you know, into our life. But what have you found? I think the difference that I've found is that I try to encourage our team to create our own momentum because if you let any outside force be the main motivator and momentum creator in your business, you're always vulnerable. But if you choose to create your own momentum, then it never has to go away. You know, I think people are always kind of looking toward, you know, what's that next promotion? What's that next thing that's going to come? Don't be dependent on the next thing. Create the next thing within yourself, and you never have to worry about running out of momentum because you're the source. You are the source of your own momentum. So I think that one change and that one mindset shift would be enough to eliminate the lulls that people experience in their business. Yeah, that's a tough one, you know, because it, it, it really is developing the mindset of controlling what you can control. But but there, but there really is a, a sense of power, yeah, e- e- emotional power that comes from taking charge and that sense of accountability that these are the pieces I can't control and I'll, and I'll do that. I can't be reliant. You, you know, I'm going to be self-reliant, uh, leverage the good out there, but I need to learn to be and accept that fact to be self-reliant. And, and those are the coaches that I've seen be the most active as I, you know, watch and listen to the, 
to the the threads and the you know the hubbub out there. It's always interesting. There's a group sometimes that will be very noisy and they're concerned about the next this and the next this and the next that. And then there's a group that tends to be very almost invisibly quiet. And typically, those are the silent ones out there that are out creating it and making it happen. They leverage it, but they're making it happen. So interesting. So. Um, how do you stay personally? I've uh, been in the business eight years, so you could say, you know, this is, you're kind of, you know, you're a, a seasoned veteran of this, but how do you stay excited about the same, you know, fundamental activities? You mentioned the, the, the four vital behaviors, the same basic okay. activities. Yeah, I know. I know. I didn't want to say anything. Sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. You know, a puppet, a puppet would have just stayed quiet, but not me. Okay. How do you stay have. excited about the, how do you stay excited about the same basic activities as a, you know, as a career coach? You know, the activities may be the same, but the person makes it different. There's a new person that needs to benefit from that activity. You know, it's not a mundane task. It's an opportunity to make a difference in somebody's life. Now, what they do with this up to them, but making sure they know about it is what is up to me. And so we've got to choose to see the big picture, to see the person that exists, not the point, not the possibility that they might reject us, but the person in front of us that has a real need that we can meet. And so I've always... You know, I, I look at my to-do list, but I don't just let it list those four vital behaviors. They're attached to a person and a purpose. And so when we do that, it doesn't just look like a to-do list that we have to cross off. It looks like a really exciting opportunity to be a profound influence in somebody's life. Yeah, and I I, I really love that, Michelle, because it's – I think it goes to the essence of who we are as a company, how we started as a company, and we are a company about about change and helping people get results. And as you were talking, I was actually thinking about, okay, I got seven kids, and how much joy, you know, which is a lot, by the way, it's four more than you, but that is a lot of kids. It is a lot of kids. I'm going, what did we do? But but you know what I was thinking about when you teach your, your you know your each one of your kids to ride a bike. And you see them grow, mm-hmm. and you see something happen. I, I think there is that newfound joy every time they learn some of those things and they new skills and excitement, <clears throat> and that's kind of the joy that keeps things, <clears throat> you know, keeps keeps everything alive. And I think similarly as a coach, is you help new people and you help new people achieve things. That's that's where it's at. So I just mentioned the word, you know, change. Um, it's been said that when you're through changing, you're through, um, but change mm-hmm. it is challenging. Lots of C's there. How do you handle changes in the business? You know, nobody likes change. Um, But change is a mindset. And we can either view it as an obstacle or we can view it as an opportunity. And it's only an obstacle if we refuse to adapt. But if we don't change, we're going to end up irrelevant because Life is constantly changing. That's not just business. And so if we take the opportunity and choose to see it as an opportunity, it's going to grow us as leaders. We're going to learn more. And when we grow, our business is inevitably going to follow. But if we refuse to grow because we refuse to change, it's not like that's going to cause a spike in our business. And so 
I, I think it was Andy Stanley that said, if you stop learning, you need to stop leading. And so we need to see the change as an opportunity for us to learn and for us to grow. And whatever growth we experience personally is going to translate into growth professionally. And so change is exciting because without it, we wouldn't grow. And we all want to grow a business. And so we need to welcome change because that's the only way that we're going to continue to grow. Yeah, that's a that's a it, it, it is a mindset deal, isn't it? And it and it's tough, mm-hmm. but it's almost like reframing it in your mind, which is challenging to do as as opportunity. And then to try it, it it's like trying a new food. Sometimes you go, you're afraid of trying a new food because it's something you've never done before. Then all of a sudden you go, wow, this this can be good. This can be liberating. This can be very empowering. So, I, I to me the key takeaway is change is introduced to people. Um, don't dismiss it. Don't be a resistor. Look for the opportunity in it. Usually change comes because there is a reason, and typically it's a good reason. Typically, you know, it, it is, and, and I think that's what people need to do. So um, not everybody – you're a very positive person. You're a very energetic person, I think a very optimistic person, believing person. Um, not everyone has the same DNA as you. Um, unfortunately, um, but so how do you handle, you know, from time to time, you know, negativity or a little pessimism, you know, creeps into the team or doubt. How do you handle that from your team or with your team? Well, negativity has to be stopped because negativity is a virus. And so we have a rule in our team that complaints always go up. Um, so when we were younger, you, brought, you guys probably watched Bambi. If you didn't, you need to go back and rewatch it because it was good. But Thumbert said that if you can't say anything nice, then you shouldn't say anything at all. But as adults, I think that we have to kind of adjust that rule and realize that if we can't say something nice, we should say something to someone in leadership who can fix it. And so because complaining and negativity, they don't offer solutions. And so if we take it to somebody in leadership who can fix it, being your upline, and then your upline can take it to their upline, or, you know, somebody can approach the corporate team. But if we're not willing to go through the proper process to reach a solution, then it's not worth extending energy on, um, because complaining and negativity don't grow our businesses. And so we need to work to find a solution, and then we need to get back to work. So you just kind of, I don't want to say you can't tolerate negativity, but you tolerate it, it continues. And if you work towards solutions, then everybody gets better and you can move on and you can grow together. Now, you know, we have a value in the company that, that talks about being be, be courageously forthright. And, mm-hmm. and just from a leadership standpoint, um, you know, I know personally, you know, you never like criticism. You never like, uh, you know, that kind of thing. But if people are courageously forthright and come with a solution, um, boy, I will listen to that person all day long. And um, because I know that they're solution-oriented, and I think that oftentimes may be the distinguishing or the, the distinction between negativity and, you know, kind of the creativity or the other part of dealing with tough subjects is, is that you come with solutions. You come with ideas. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's the key piece. Because if you're just negative, it goes to the puppet. That's who listens to those, and he doesn't respond. Okay. So, um, but, um, the good insight. So, what ways have you encouraged? We talked a little bit about ownership at the beginning of this and accountability. 
Um, what ways do you encourage your organization and, and other coaches as you have an opportunity to share to create ownership within their own business? I think it's a lot about owning your unique, uniqueness in this business. Um, it's a much better strategy than trying to blend into the crowd or to look like another coach. And so I encourage everybody to do this exercise often and pretend that everything about Beachbody is gone. Like there's no products, you don't have enough line, there's no corporate. What would you have left to offer to your, key, your team and to your customers? Because that should be what they focus on. And then they should allow Beachbody to fill in the gaps, kind of like you talked about earlier of, you know, just making it there and it's wonderful, but not being reliant upon it. And that way the incentives and the new products and the promotions and the sales and all that, they provide additional momentum for us, but it's not the only momentum. And so we are constantly looking inward on what do I bring to the table? What do I have to offer? And that's going to be constantly shifting because you're going to go through a new season of life. And so it's going to continue to keep you relevant to people because, yes, this is a health and fitness business, but it's a people business more than it is anything else. And so if we will work to really like, kind of own your weirdness, like it's quirky, like whatever is quirky and weird about you, it, should, it makes you lovable and it makes you real to other people. And so we talk a lot about just finding whatever it is that makes you you and what makes you special that will make people relate to you. And then add back in everything that Beachbody does. And when you do that, it's a fantastic foundation for a business. And so instead of looking to Beachbody to provide the meat, provide the meat yourself and then realize that they have given you a gourmet feast that you get to have to go along with it. Um, well, well said. Um, so, Michelle, we I've asked five or six or seven questions here, and so I've kind of guided where I wanted to take this. But um, before we wrap, is there is there anything that you're you're saying? Yeah, but Jeff, you didn't ask me, or but hey, I wanted to say, and will you be quiet? Let me say this. Anything that I've left that you'd want to say? You know, I I think the main thing here is. You take ownership of your business and you beat excuses when you make your business more about other people than you make it about yourself. Um, it's really, really difficult to get fired up about selfishness. But when you look at the needs that are around us and when we look at how blessed we are and all the opportunities that we have to extend to other people, it's kind of hard to give up on that. And fear, honestly, like – being attached to our own insecurities, that's selfish because we all have something unique to offer. And so when we overcome that fear, that's serving other people. And so I think that's the main thing is if we will get over ourselves and be courageously committed to serving other people the best that we can, I think that that would overcome every excuse that we could ever give. Yeah, well, well stated, and I and I think for everyone listening on this call, you know, career coach or or brand new coach, the the sense of accountability and ownership um, that Michelle has just shared on this is really some 
wisdom makes her sound old and she's not, but there's some real wisdom in there from the standpoint of creating longevity and stability and introducing, I think, a real sense of maturity, you know, into your, you know, into your business. And, and that's the rewarding part. So, um, anyway, just really great nuggets, Michelle. Be- before I let you go, just, Eight years, and this is like a th- the 32nd wrap, um, you know, kind of the before and after. And, and it's certainly not after Beachbody, but, you know, to this point in Beachbody, you shared yourself going through Masters. W- what does today look like for you? Oh, well, from that scared little girl, um, I'm a mom of three, and I do get to stay home with them. And I've been given much more than a career. I have a purpose. Um, I've got much more than a team. I've got lifelong friends, and it's not just a business, but I have the potential to make a difference every single day that I get out of bed. And so my family's forever changed, and this business gives me the opportunity to extend that forever change to other people. And so I'm I'm forever grateful. Well, thank you, and we're we're grateful that you're part of Beachbody, Michelle, and your enthusiasm and and the insight that you bring to the business. So I know a lot of coaches are going to take this and go, this is what I needed to hear today. And uh, I can learn from this magnificent, marvelous mother of three. So, Michelle, thank you so much for jumping on the call with us this morning. Thank you so much for having me. You bet, Michelle. Coaches, um, just some great nuggets there. I mean, seriously, and this is one of those go back to and, and pull apart. And I also think that there's some of those, what I like to refer to as moments of truth, where you have to look at yourself and say, is my why bigger than, 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 my, than my excuses are? And, and is it driving? Is my purpose people and helping other people? Do I find continued excitement because I'm outwardly focused? Um, do I have a sense of ownership? And sometimes, you know, when you, when you, when you lose it a little bit, and we all do from time to time, it's because we start playing in our, what I'll call the, you know, outside of our circle of influence, out of those things that we can control. But what you can control is you can't, every day you get up, you get to get up and you get to choose who you will be, the attitude that you'll bring, the amount of maturity that you'll bring to your business, what you're going to focus on, and, and, and what you're going to do. And that's not to suggest outside stuff doesn't come. But we are fortunate enough to live in a place where, for the most part, that is what we've got. And we are a business about helping other people. We are a business about change. I was talking to Carl this morning, and it was, it was so interesting as we were talking. We were talking about automation and the digital age and everything else. And he said, yeah, that can provide a delivery system. Yeah, that can provide measurability for us and, and an efficiency. But what can never be replaced is the people element of this business that provide motivation, that provide peer support, and that provide help and relatability. Machines can't do that, but you can, and that's the business that we're in. And it just so happens as you do that, there is a tremendous opportunity that can be rewarding for you and the people that, that, that partner with us on this and, and bring the maturity and the insight and the, and the drive and accountability that Michelle talked about. So that's what this week is about. Raise the personal bar for yourself. Set your goals for this week and, and make yourself better. That's what this call is about. And with that, Sandy, the puppet is done.
All right, that was fantastic. I loved this call. We're going to post it up very quickly. Here is the playback number for you, 832-225-5065. Make it a puppet-filled day. Bye-bye. <laughs>